God bless you. This is Pastor Sharon, and welcome to Nourishment for Your Soul. Uh, Our topic today is, who should repent? With everything that's going on, the coronavirus, the government, the economy, and now George Floyd Floyd and the um, police officer, who uh, allegedly put his neck, his foot on, uh, his knee, excuse me, on um, George Floyd's neck and uh, caused him to aspire. I guess the question that a lot of us don't want to ask or have asked or even made self-judgments of, who should repent? Um, I want to maybe go into a couple of things this evening. Um, and I, and also, before we even get into the message, I want to thank um, SOFBN Radio for having me again. Um, thank you, Bishop and uh, First Lady. I really appreciate uh, your hospitality and having me on the radio. I really appreciate that. So, Please, everyone, dial in to SOFBN.com. Um, I also have a radio, uh, Facebook, um, little Facebook show that I do on Mondays at 8 p.m. called Nourishment for Your Soul. Um, but I want I really want to talk about who should repent. You know, when we see evil being done or if evil is being done to us, we automatically want to play the victim. And don't get me wrong, if this didn't happen, if this did in fact happen to uh, George Floyd, we do need to repent. The police officer needs to repent, um, the law enforcement um, needs to repent. And it's not just that. It is the fact that, you know, over time, black people, people of color, have been brutalized, hung from trees, um, tarred and feathered even. A whole array of just wicked things have been done to us. But I want to know why. See, I'm a why person. I always want to ask why. You know, I, I believe there is a God. And I know that he... Um, looks to see what's going on in the world. And he is very much involved in what's happening in the United States and in all countries. So my first question is, and I know a lot of people always holler, where's God? Well, I want to know what is my place in this? What did we do as a people to get here? I know a lot of people don't want to ask that question because we want to put the fault on being here by the white man. Well, the white man enslaved us. That's why we're here. But why this particular group of slaves? Why this particular group of people? There was a whole lot of folks in Africa. But it's one special, specific group that came to the United States. And um, after doing a little bit of research, I found out, in, um, I don't know the exact date, but it was in the 1600s. That was the first group of slaves that came over. And they were called people whose God had forgotten them. That's pretty interesting, right? 
Why would they say that? People whose God have forgotten them. That makes me wonder. How could God forget a group of people? Why would God forget a group of people? And believe it or not, all answers to whatever question you may ever have is in the Bible. So I start doing a little research. I start reading the Bible and I start wondering. And the Holy Spirit led me to Leviticus 26. Now, Leviticus 26 talks about blessings and, a curse, and of course, um, curses or punishment. And you asking me, well, what does this have to do with America and what's going on with George Floyd? It has a lot to do with it. Because first of all, why are black people in America in the first place? There's no other group of people besides the people, the black people that came to America and some of these other islands on slave ships. Why did they come? Why did God allow this? And that can be found in Jeremiah and also in Leviticus 26. So let's read a little bit of it and let's talk about this. Today I'm going to read from the English Standard Version and it says... I'm trying to decide whether I should read the whole thing. I think I should. I'm going to read Leviticus 26, starting at the first first verse. And it says, You shall not make idols for yourself or erect an image or pillar, and you shall not set up a figured stone in your land to bow down to it. For I am the Lord your God, who shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them, then I will give you your rains in their season, and your land shall yield its increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last to the time of the grape harvest, and the grape harvest shall last to the time of the sowing. And you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land securely. Hmm. That's a key word there, securely. Isn't it interesting how we have never been secure in this land? Every other country, every other, every other group of people or people group come here because it's the promised land. But how come this is not the promised land for us? Let's talk about that. I will give peace in the land and you shall lie down and none should make you afraid. Let's tell the truth. Black people, aren't we always afraid? Every time a cop pull up behind you, there is always some type of animosity, even before this happened. That's something to think about, isn't it? And I will remove harmful beasts from the land, and the sword shall not go through your land. You shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall chase ten thousand, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. I will turn to you and make you fruitful and multiply. You 
and will confirm thy covenant with you. I will multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat old, store long. I'm sorry, you shall eat old, store long, kept, and you shall clear out all the old to make way for the new. So what God is saying here is he's just, he's just going to bless abundantly if we kept his statues and his Sabbaths, right? I will make my dwelling among you. He'll even live among us. And my soul shall not abhor you. To abhor means to be disgusted. My soul will not disgust of you, he says. And I will walk among you and you will be, and I, I will walk among you and will be your God. And you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be slaves. And I have broken the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. Now, those are the blessings that are laid out in Leviticus 26, where God is talking about he brought them out of the, brought them out of the, the land of Egypt and how they were slaves there and how they're no more slaves and how God was going to bless them, that they would never run out of food and then they would never have an enemy because five can chase, um, what was it, five can chase a thousand and a thousand can chase 10,000 or a hundred can chase 10,000. What he's just saying is that he would be the defender and fight for them. But listen to verse 14. Verse 14 says, But if you will not listen to me and will not do all these commandments, if you spurn my statutes. Now, what are the statutes he's talking about? He's talking about, let's go back to verse not 3. He's talking about, if you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them, then I will give you your reins and season. The statutes are the commandments, the Sabbath. A lot of people don't want to stand that. And I know a lot of people are going to be very annoyed with this, but it's written right here. Nowhere in this Bible does it say that Sunday is the Sabbath. I'm just saying, look it up, read it, protest it. You can give me everything that Constantinople said, changed and did, but you can't tell me where in this Bible he changed the day. Now we can pretend, but he says this all throughout the Old Testament. My Sabbath, my Sabbath, not the Sabbath of the world, but my Sabbath. He spells it out in Exodus 20. What does he say? Six days shall you labor, but on the seventh day. Now we all can count and we know that Sunday is the first day of the week. But that's a whole nother story. We're not even going to go into that. We're going to continue with this. Verse 14 says, But if you will not listen to me and will not do all these commandments, if you spurn my statues and if your soul abhors my rules. So if you don't want to follow my rules, this is what God is saying. So that you will not do all my commandments, all my commandments, all my commandments. The Sabbath is in the commandment. I'm just saying. But break my covenant. What's his covenant? Worshiping other gods. What's worshiping other gods? How do we worship other gods? You know how? When you join these fraternities, when you join these sororities, when you join the Masons. Oh, come on. That's not worshiping other gods. Whenever you take an oath, when 
whenever you take an oath that says that you have to protect your brother or sister no matter what they do, if you invoke another name of another entity, that's making an idol and that's worshiping another God. See, we always try to talk about money. No, nah, it's more than money. More than money. Okay, verse 16. Then I will do this to you. I will visit you with panic. Isn't that something? Aren't we always in panic as a people? He says also with wasting disease. What's AIDS? And fever that consumes the eyes and make the heart ache. Does not heart always ache? I'm just saying. And you shall sow your seed in vain. How many inventions have black people come up with that were really money makers and they never got what they were supposed to get for them? How many times have you worked so hard? Not you, maybe maybe somebody in your family worked so hard at your job and uh, your boss got credit for it or somebody else got credit for it and you never got due credit for it. And it says, and you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemy shall eat it. I will set my face against you. This is God saying that he's going to set his face against you. God Almighty is saying that he will turn against you if you serve other gods. Don't keep his statutes. Don't keep his commandments. Just saying. Out of all the people in this country, we go to church more than anybody. We have more high praise, more hallelujah, more songs. They sing our praise and worship songs all over the world. And we are being the most persecuted in this country. Wonder why? Wonder why? Here he is. I will set my face against you and you shall be struck down before your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. And if in spite of this you will not listen to me, then I will discipline you again sevenfold for your sins, and I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like brass. And your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield its increase, and the trees of the land shall not yield their fruit. Then if you walk contrary to me and will not listen to me, I will continue striking you sevenfold for your sins, and I will let loose the wild beasts against you. Now you say to me, they never let no wild beasts against us. Well, let me tell you something. Back in Florida, during the slavery time, they used to take the slave women, black women, children, and throw them into the bayou to catch alligators and crocodiles because the bigger ones they caught were the ones that they sold their skin and made a lot of money for. Look it up. Don't believe me. Look it up. For those who know a little history, back in the 1960s, didn't they let the dogs loose? Didn't they let the, the dogs loose to track the slaves? 
Okay, I'm going to read that again. 22, I will let loose the wild beasts against you, which shall, which shall bereave you of your children. Huh? The alligators and the children. And destroy your livestock and make you fewer number, so that your road shall be de uh, deserted. And if by this discipline you are not turned to me but walk contrary to me, then I will also walk contrary to you. And I myself will strike you. This is God himself. The first times he allowed the enemy, the devil, to strike us. This time he's going to strike us himself. Sevenfold for your sins. And I will bring a sword upon you that shall execute vengeance for the covenants. And if you gather within your cities, I will send pestilence. I will send coronavirus among you and you shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. Isn't that what's happening now? When I break your supply of bread, we coming up on a famine. You know this. They hollering martial law. Why in the world would you want military people who swear allegiance to the government? The government that don't like you <laughs> to police your cities and your children and your wives and your husbands. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Does that even make any kind of sense? When I break your supply of bread, ten women shall bake your bread in a single oven and shall dole out your bread again by weight, and you shall eat and not be satisfied. You're going to pay more for your stuff. Inflation. Predatory loans. Predatory home loans. It's yours. Now you're going to pay double for it. But if in spite of this, you will not listen to me, but walk contrary to me, then I will walk contrary to you in fury. Okay, so now God is angry. <laughs> and I myself will discipline you sevenfold for your sins. You shall eat the flesh of your sons. Isn't this the new thing now, cannibalism? You know, they had this rabbi on YouTube, and he was talking about how they eat the flesh of black people this is no joke this is real and you shall eat the flesh of your daughters they say they put this stuff in mcdonald's hamburgers his exact words were where do you think all the missing children go How many times you going watch things that talk about that they found traces of human meat in certain foods? This is not a joke. And I will destroy your high places and cut down your incense altars and cast your dead bodies upon the dead bodies of your idols. And my soul will abhor you. And I will lay your cities waste. Huh. 
and will make your sanctuaries desolate. Hey, sanctuaries. Is that the churches and stuff? Aren't they? Well, they were empty for a while. They're still kind of empty. And I will not smell your pleasing aroma. Okay, so this is your your sacrifices. And my and my and I myself will devastate the land so that your enemies who settle in it shall be appalled at it. And I will scatter you among the nations. Now this is the real deal here. And I will unsheath my sword after you, and your land shall be a desolation, and your city shall be a, a waste. Then the land shall enjoy its Sabbath as long as it lies desolate. While you are in your enemy's land, then the land shall rest and enjoy its Sabbaths as long as it lies desolate. And it shall have rest, the rest that it did not have, on your Sabbath when you were dwelling in it. You know, there's a lot to take in. And there's a lot of information here. But I want you to think, because that's what, that's what this show is about. This is about thinking. What does this scripture say? We always want to project this scripture on another people group. But honey, this is talking about black people in America. This is us. I don't care how you slice it. This is us. We want to cry out about injustice. We want to cry out about this is being done wrong to us and that's being done wrong to us. But who is the one that really needs to repent? I'm asking, who needs to repent? You know, you don't get sold into slavery because you are a good group of people. Being sold into slavery is like a punishment. Okay? Being sold into slavery is to, to hurt you. And I know we want to say, oh, our African sisters and brothers, they sold us into slavery. No, they didn't. They, we were their sisters and brothers anyway. We were a separate group of people, and they said, ah, take them, don't take us. And that's what they did. But it was all God's will. You know why? Because we were the ones that were disobedient. We are the ones that tried to um, worship other idols. How can you say that, Sharon? Because we do it now. Not only do we have the Masons and the, and the fraternities and the sororities and the Elks and all this other kind of nonsense. But we put our leaders on a pedestal. Anybody we can get our hands on, we put them on a pedestal. We put Martin Luther King on a pedestal. We put Malcolm X on a pedestal. We put Farrakhan on a pedestal. When in the world are we going to put God on a pedestal? When are we going to say, we humble ourselves, oh Lord. Forgive us for putting everybody else in your place. In church, we have Martin Luther King Sunday. Are you serious? Let's just think about that. If, if you were God. And this is your holy place. And you have done everything for not only this particular group, which you loved. You called them Judah. You loved them. But you created the world. You did it all by yourself. You sent your son. He got on the cross all by himself to redeem man for, for, for being sinful. And here in your holy place, where they holler praises to you, 
except for one Sunday when they give a salute to Martin Luther King. How would you feel if you were God? You'd be insulted. How dare they? This is supposed to be my holy place. Isn't that what, what you would think if you were God? Well, this is something we need to think about. Who is it that needs to repent? That's the question. How many of us have done the way of the heathen? What's the way of the heathen? We've had abortions. We have sex out of marriage. I know we want to put that all on slavery, but you know what? It comes a time when we know what's right. We always know what's right. You feel it in your heart. The Holy Spirit convicts you. They call it the conscience. It's the conscience for the unbeliever, the Holy Spirit for the believer. But it's the Spirit of God in every man that convicts him and shows him right from wrong. Who needs to repent? I know we have been, like I said, brutalized and abused in this system. However, how did we get here? Why are we here? Did anybody ever ask that question? Why are we here? Why are we here? You know why? Because we refuse to worship the one and true and only God. Yeah, I know we do this thing on Sunday and we hop around and we worship the Lord and we fall out and go back to smoking our cigarettes and drinking our liquor and our illicit affairs and cheating with this one and that one and homosexuality and the whole nine. We do the way of the heathen. And we have no problem with it. There used to be a distinction between us and another people group, but there's no more distinction because we want to be so much like them. We will wear hair that sacrifice to idols just so we can look like them. We will change our features, bleach our skin just so we can look like them. Where's our identity? You know where it is? In God. How come we don't know who we are? You know why? Because we refuse to worship God. This is something to think about. Who should repent? From what I see just in Leviticus, I think it's us, black people. We should repent because you know what? We want America to, 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 to stand up for us and give us justice. This is the land of our captors. We're in captivity for being rebellious against God. It'll never be the promised land for us because it's prison. <laughs> but because we don't read our Bible, because we say, oh, you don't need the Old Testament. That's the old covenant. This is the history. This is the history. And this is, this is the part that introduces you and shows you how important the New Testament is. See, it's because of Jesus, Yeshua, that we can even repent. Because by right, we, we, we should all be gone. 
I want to, um, I'm going to do a prayer of repentance for everybody who has any African-American ancestry in them whatsoever. Because we need to repent. We need to repent to God. Because the Bible says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So what happened to George Floyd? How did that prosper? How did that thing happen to him? I'm not going to go into semantics on it. You know why? Because it would be my speculation. I can only tell you what I read in the Word. And that's not in the Word. But I can tell you why we as black Americans have problems here. Because that's in the Word. Um, I want to. I'm just trying to pull up a scripture here in Jeremiah. Because um, no, actually, it's not Jeremiah. It's Deuteronomy 28. <laughs> ah, I tell you, we need to learn to read our Bible. Stop pretending that we're illiterate. Because the reason why we do that is because we know this whole book is about us and our wrongdoing and how God has extended his hand so many, many times, even to the point where we had to be punished and he's still extending his hand. This is Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm going to read 2064. And it says, And the Lord will scatter you among all people from end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, which neither you nor your fathers have known. And among these nations you will find no respite, that's peace. And there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. Hmm. But the Lord will give you there a trembling heart. Here we go trembling heart and failing eyes and a languishing soul your life shall be your life shall hang in doubt before you night and day you shall be in dread and have no assurance of life isn't that what's happening 67 in the morning you shall say if only it were evening and in the evening you shall say if only it were morning because of the dread that your heart feel and your and the sights that your eyes shall see and the Lord will bring you back to ship I'm sorry will bring you back in ships to Egypt a journey that I promise that you should never make again and there you shall offer yourselves for sale offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves but there will be no buyer. I did some Ancestry.com work, really, behind-the-scenes stuff. And I looked up my last name. And there's a whole group of um, people with this last name, Merriweather. 
And I traced it all the way back to this man from England. His last name was Merriweather, and he bought slaves with him as he settled in, I think it was um, Missouri. Well, not Missouri. I can't remember what state it was. I'm sorry. But anyway, in his will, he says that he passed his slaves on to his children perpetually. There is nothing in that letter that says that um, his will that says that we would be free as his descend as this, as slave descendants. Isn't that interesting? And that's what the Bible's talking about. There'd be no buyer. So nobody can buy. If they said, you know what, listen, we want slaves again. Theoretically, I would have to go back to that family as a slave. Theoretically. And I can't be bought out of it because it's an inheritance. It's a will. Isn't that something? But that's exactly what the Bible is saying. Exactly what the Bible is saying. There's no buyer. There's no way to get out of it. If they happen to say, well, we're going to have you as slaves. The only way we can get out of it is die. That just proves that the Bible is right. And it also proves that the certain people group we are. And it also proves that we're the ones that need to repent. I know a lot of people don't like this message, and I'm sorry. But the truth is what it is. Black people, people of African, let's say African-American descent. People who came over here in slave ships or their ancestors came in slave ships. That's what I'm talking about. We are the ones that need to repent to God for being here in the first place. Because if we finally raised up our voices and repented to God for the things that we have done wrong, taking on other idols, following the way of the oppressor, just trying to... Just trying to be like them. Just trying to do whatever we alter ourselves, change our body. This one, see, transgender and transsexual stuff, that, that's been going on. Because we have been altering ourselves since we got here to fit in. To a place where there is no place that we can fit in. We have been altering our bodies. Starving ourselves. The women, we starve ourselves so we can be thin because our counterparts are thin. When it's not even our bone structure to look like that. But we'll do it anyway. We just destroy the, the, the grade of our hair. Because it doesn't match theirs. Destroy our skin. We bleach it. Bleach it to the point where we get cancer. Because you know what? Whatever goes on your skin goes in your bloodstream. But we don't think about that. Then we get boob jobs. Implants here, implants there, all to look like a vision of something that's fake and false. Now, I'm not saying this to be racist or even to act like I'm racist, because I'm not. But it comes a time when people need to identify with who they really are. Spanish people people who speak Spanish, no matter what color they are, they can trace their roots back up to Spain. 
question. We can trace our roots to Africa, but what part, why? They didn't come over here in slave ships. They came over here through the Statue of Liberty. Why did we, why were we the ones that came in slave ships? That's something to, that's something to ask. We really need to deal with that. Because we're the ones that need to repent. Repent for how we betray God by following other gods. Repent how we uh, just wanted to follow the devil. That's all I can tell you. We, we, our family relationship has broken down so, so horribly. It's, it's, it's a rarity for a black family to have two parents. That's rare. Now, you know, that's absolutely ridiculous. We have gotten ourselves so base. Watch our video. Watch the videos, the music videos on TV. We are the worst acting ones. It's sad. We come out, our girls come out there with no clothes on. Being sexual. Are you kidding me? That's being disgraceful. But we all cheer it. Yeah, yeah, that girl, she's good. Oh, yeah, I wish I had a body like that. I would wear that too. Just trying to be like the enemy, trying to fit in. And I'm listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that, that other people group are the enemy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the enemy is leading them and he's leading us too. There's a lot of good white people out here, a lot of good Spanish people, a lot of good uh, Italians, a lot of good uh, Chinese, a lot of good people, period. People come in all shapes, sizes, forms, good and bad and all that. But today we're talking about the ones that came over in the slave ships. That's who we talk about today. And why everything always seems to happen to them. Why they always the, the center of attention why are they always a center of wrongdoing? Why are they always a, a, a we're afraid of our life all the time? We don't feel safe nowhere, and we know it. We can't feel safe in our own neighborhoods. We can't feel safe in anybody else's neighborhood. Why is that? Because the word of God says it. Because we have decided, our ancestors actually decided this for us. We're just taking a backlash of it, that we would, uh, that they would worship other gods. Now we got to live with it. And then instead of us turning and changing beforehand, we have decided to do the same thing. There's a man named um, Manasseh in the Bible. Manasseh was the king of, of Judah. Excuse me. He was the king of Judah. He was Hezekiah's son. I know we all heard of Hezekiah. But he was Hezekiah's son. Now, Hezekiah was a man upright. He brought the feast back to Israel, to Judah. He was king of Judah. He brought the feast back to Judah. He tore down the, I think he did tear down the high places. But anyway, he caused the, the children of Judah to go back and serve the Lord full and wholeheartedly. And they did. But of course, Hezekiah, not going to live forever, he got sick. And died and his son, Manasseh, took over. Manasseh took over when he was 12 years old. And the Bible says that Manasseh decided that he was going to serve the devil. 
Isn't this terrible? To the point where he set up altars to, to false gods in the temple of the Lord. So he really enraged God. I mean, he just did whatever he wanted to do. Now, let me just talk about this for a minute. Because, you know, when we say they decided to worship other gods, we just leave it at that. We don't realize what all goes with that. Perversion. Um, Manasseh passed his children through the fire, which means he killed them for sacrifice and burned them up. Because, see, these demonic gods, all they want is human sacrifice. Nothing else really appeases them except for human blood. So they call you to kill your children. Oh, Sharon, what are you talking about? How can you say that? You know how I can say that? You know how I can say that we're in the time of Baal? And Baal was one of them. Well, Baal was really a Canaanite god. But um, you know why? Because we have abortion clinics in almost every city. And Baal was big on killing infants and the unborn. Yeah, they were doing abortions back in those days too. We decided that we would continue to, you know, to uh, worship in their holidays, the Baal holidays. Oh, no, Sharon, we don't worship Baal holidays. Oh, yes, you do. You know how? That's Christmas tree. The Christmas tree belongs to the Canaanites. Look it up. has nothing to do with Jesus, Yeshua. Nothing. Look it up. Don't trust me. Look it up. That Christmas tree has nothing to do with God, our God. It has something to do with Baal. It's a Baal, a Baal holiday. The tree, the silver and gold. Jeremiah talks about it in Jeremiah chapter 10. They take the tree and they fasten it and deck it with silver and gold. That's a Christmas tree. Okay, all right, so fine, we do Christmas. What else? Some Christians still do Halloween. Even though we know that's the highest day, that's their high day, that they kill children. They abduct them and kill them for that day. Okay, so, well, what else day? What else? Easter. Easter, that day that you want to call Resurrection Sunday. That's a bail day. Check it out. Where did the name Easter come from if it's supposed to be Resurrection Sunday? Well, let's see. Easter is from the name Estar. And Easter is what? The first full moon after the spring equinox. That can't be the Passover. That's a ritual day. Look it up. Estar or Easter's pet animal was the rabbit because it was fertile. Eggs represent fertility. We dyed as eggs. You know what they used to dye the eggs with? Not food coloring because they didn't have it back then. And we think that we're, in, we, they think, we think that we are the ones that invented this thing. They used to dye the eggs in the blood of the children that they killed put them in those baskets with grass in them and present them to the goddess Estar. If you don't believe me, look it up.
So now here we are participating in the Baal holidays, full-fledged. We participate in the perversion, the sexual perversion. We in the nastiest movies. Every, every movie, we play the slut. Every movie. It's terrible. We pay the, the most degraded woman in every movie. We have based ourselves from sons and daughters of the most high. They used to say kings and queens of Africa. No, we was even better than that. Sons and daughters of the most high. Now we harlots. Who needs to repent? That's the question. Who needs to repent here? We worship the Baal days. We don't do the Sabbath because we swear you can't tell us that the Sabbath is not Sunday. It's not Sunday. It's Saturday. Sabbath, Saturday. Seven days. Sunday is the first day of the week. Seven, Sabbath. I mean, we got to understand, we, we have got to read this Bible and, and care about what we're reading. Because the answer to what is wrong with us in America is right here. We look to everybody to save us. Oh, we need a new president. There is no president on this earth that will ever do right by us. Even Obama didn't. You know why? Because he is not God. And if we do not humble ourselves and repent and ask God to forgive us for walking contrary to him, to forgive our ancestors for walking contrary to him. Walking contrary means going against him and, and, and going against him to, to worship his enemies. That's what those false gods are, his enemies. So we're going against God to go worship his enemies. That's traitor. We have to repent. We are the ones that have to repent. Because, see, if we repent, what's that Second Chronicles seven fourteen that God said that if we repent, that then he will hear from heaven and heal the land? Because I know a lot of people say, oh, I wish these white people would get what they deserve. Let me tell you something, baby. God is a God of justice. They're going to get it, and so will we. I'm going to start a prayer. Now, I know what I said tonight was very uh, heavy for a lot of people, but you know what I say to you? Research it. Don't believe a word I say. Just go and get you a Bible, a dictionary, some research information, and, and research it. Get you a notebook and write it. Research. Research everything I said to you. Write it out. See if it's true.
because see, there's a promise in here. And I'm back at Leviticus um, chapter 26. Verse 45 says, But I will for their sake remember the covenant with their forefathers, whom I thought, who I'm sorry, who I bought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I may be their God and I am the Lord. These are the statutes and rules and laws that the Lord made between himself and the people of Israel through Moses on Mount Sinai. That's Leviticus. So if we repent, God will hear us. Let me, I'm sorry, let me go back to Manasseh. I got off track a little bit. Now, anyway, Manasseh, that's Hezekiah's son. Wicked, very wicked. Oh, my God, he just did everything he wanted to do. He was just as wicked as he possibly could be. But you know what? God allowed Manasseh to be um, taken over by the Assyrians. And you can find that in 2 Chronicles chapter 33. Okay, I'm going to start at verse 9 on this. And so Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to error and to do worse than the heathen. Ain't that something? To do worse. Aren't we? I think we're doing worse than the heathen. Whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spake to Manasseh. All right, so God spoke to Manasseh. Ain't that something? For all the ones who say God don't speak, he speaks to the ones he loves and the ones that do so wrong is ridiculous and to his people but they would not listen so he gave them a warning god gave manasseh and the people a warning but they wouldn't listen wherefore the lord brought upon them the captain of the host of the king of assyria which took a massa a mass i'm sorry which took manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to babylon so he, we weren't the first ones to have fetters. Fetters are chains, iron chains. We weren't the first one to have them, I see. Manasseh was bound in fetters and thorns, so it hurt. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord. Now look at that. Now he is did all of them years of wickedness, and he besought the Lord and humbled himself greatly before the God of his father. And prayed unto him, and he was in, entreated of him and heard his supplication. This is God. God heard his supplication. This is, see, this is the type of God that we serve. No matter how wicked, no matter how long wicked, no matter how far away, you can repent and he will hear you. And brought him again to Jerusalem. Listen to this now. And he prayed unto him, and he was entreated of him, and heard his supplication. God heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. God brought him back to his kingdom. The Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. A, 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 a enemy army has come and attacked this kingdom, took the king away in shackles and chains. He prays, and now God reestablished him back in his kingdom. Now, after that, he built a wall without the city of David and on the west side of Geboah 
in the valley, even to the entering in the fish gate, and compassed about Ophel, and raised it up a very great height, and put cap captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. He took away the strange gods and the idols out of the house of the Lord, all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem, and cast them out of the city. And he repaired the altar of the Lord and sacrificed thereof peace offering and thank thanksgiving offering and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people did sacrifice still in high places, yet the Lord their God only. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and, the, and his prayer unto his God and the words of the seers that spoke to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel. His prayer also and how God was entreated of him and all his sin and his trespasses and the places where and he built high places. He set up groves and graven images before he was humble before they were written among the sayings of the seers. And so Manasseh slept with his fathers and they buried him in his own house and among his son and Ammon, his son, reigned in his stead. That's something else. We have seven minutes left. So we're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we humble ourselves before you and we ask, Father, for your forgiveness because we and our ancestors, God, have walked contrary to you. We have walked against you, Father. We have put you away and served your enemies, Father. We worshiped the demon gods, Father, of masonry and sororities and fraternities and, and things like that, Father, besides all other uh, gods that we could think of, Father. We worship these demon gods, your enemies, Father, and we ask, Father, for forgiveness. Forgive us for our sins and things that we have done, O oh God, that were sin to you, Father. Forgive us for the abortions that we've had uh, and, and allowed to be uh, had in this land, Father. Forgive us, Father, for our unwed marriages and unwed mothers, Father, in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, Father, for, for uh, doing uh for Easter, Father, and, and Christmas, God, and, and, and using this Sunday as the Sabbath instead of the day that you set aside. Forgive us, Father, for rebellion and doing the things that we felt, felt this right, doing things that we thought that we should do, God. Forgive us for not reading our word, Father. Forgive us for worshiping and praying to other deities, God. Forgive us for yoga in the name of Jesus. Astrology, Father. Going to uh, to uh, tarot card readers and psychics and, and things like that, Father. Forgive us, Father, in the name of Jesus for all of those wicked things that we have done, Father, that our ancestors have done. Forgive us for the things that we have done to get us sent here to the United States, Father, and shackles and chains to be humiliated, Father, to, to 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 be always at uh uneasy father to be always running from place to place god forgive us father for taking things in our own hand in rebellion and we're marching up and down the street father instead of getting on our knees and repenting and asking you to forgive us and heal the land father we repent right now father in the name of jesus for all the wrong that we have done collectively father and individually in the name of jesus 
We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our sins, O oh God, over the sins of our ancestors, all the way up, Father, in the name of Jesus, all the way up to Adam and Eve, Father, and including them, but especially the sins that sent us to America in the first place, Father, the sins of idolatry, Father, the sins of, of um sacrificing humans, Father, the sins of just doing wrong in the name of Jesus. Father, a lot of these things we may not have taken part of, God, but our ancestors did. And we ask for forgiveness, oh, Father. We ask for forgiveness for the things that they have done, Father. And we ask for forgiveness for the things that we have done. Anything that we have done to cause us to walk contrary to you, Father. If we have worshipped um, uh, football stars or basketball stars, Father, um, um, political figures, God, in the name of Jesus, anything that we have put in place of you, Father, we repent and ask you to forgive us right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask right now that you would heal this land, heal it, God, put this um, coronavirus to rest, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we also ask, Father, that you would put this, this rioting and this race war to rest, Father, in the name of Jesus. They're setting this thing up to make a trap for us, Father, like they do every single time, and we fall into the same trap. But, Father, we have repented, God, and we know that you are faithful and just because Manasseh repented, and he was a wicked man, God, a wicked king, and he led the children of, Israel, of Jerusalem, of Judah, I'm sorry, astray. But God, he repented, humbled himself, and you redeemed him. So Father, we're humbling ourselves this evening, and we're asking you to redeem us, Father. Redeem us socially. Redeem us economically. Redeem our health, O oh God. Redeem us spiritually, Father, in the name of Jesus. Redeem us, O oh God, so that we may know your face, Father, and that we're not fooled and tricked by the enemy in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for joining me. Nourishment for your soul. I'm Pastor Sharon.